Sound Pages is a literary series featuring resident artists in the Jack Straw Writers Program. I feel the cool air through the vents. I feel my skin stick to the vinyl. He turns on the radio and sings along. He is laughing, even though nothing is funny. This program features the work of 2022 writer Vincent Rendoni. In the first half, you'll hear his conversation with curator Michael Schmelzer, recorded in the Jack Straw studio. So why don't you tell us about your Jack Straw project? Yeah, uh, my big project that I am working on here is a a poetry book called uh, A Greedo Contest in the Afterlife. A Greedo Contest, for those who don't know, is a shouting contest where you trill and speak above someone else. And I just really loved doing that as a kid and my memories of people screaming at me in that fun, trilly way. Uh, The poetry collection is a lot about lessons learned from my grandparents and my father. And that can sound really sentimental, but really they were somewhat cynical, survivor-based people that had to equally measure the hard truths of the world versus the joy they had to like constantly fight and strive for. So that's what my collection's about. I am very much into superheroes and I love the origin story. And I would love to hear about your origin story as a writer. Oh, I also like superhero stuff. You know, um, I have to give a lot of credit to my grandfather. My abuelo, like growing up, he really fostered a love of storytelling and reading. When I was a kid, he used to get me these monthly installments of like Encyclopedia Britannica for kids. And I still have them. They were beautiful leather bound books um, with just the history of the world. And he, I would just read them and read them. Um, biographies of Mahatma Gandhi, Florence Nightingale. And he would just feed me books like nonstop. Wow. But more than that, I was mostly interested in the way he uh, told stories Growing up, I remember all these stories about the beginning of the world, like where it comes from, wolves and coyotes, ground, earth, herb, all these things. And I realized that, you know, he had a reputation for being a healer, a curandero in the community. Whether he actually was one or not is a question I'm constantly exploring. But I think that's what got me interested, almost like these folk tales, these mythological stories of where we come from and where we go next. Some of the work that I've read of yours uh, for this Jack Straw project have been dark in subject matter, but you have this way of maintaining joy and happiness despite it all. And I'm kind of curious about your idea or the role of joy in your writing. I I, I sent a piece out to this magazine called The Ascentos Review, and they asked, what does it mean to be Latinx? And I think... A good answer besides, I think I also said, like, really enjoying Street Fighter um, was that, you know, being Mexican is like finding, being like morbid, but like kind of happy about it. I always go back to the Day of the Dead celebrations of like, well, you know, this is inevitable. And, you know, we might as well just laugh and scream and rail against it until the last second. I think, I think I take that to heart a lot, actually. Like, death is never very far away. And I maybe think about death more than the average person, but I don't let it get me down. Like, if anything, the joy and whimsy comes from death. Like, it comes from, this will all end, so who cares if your parents don't like what you write or who cares what people (laughs) think? Uh, Do what makes you happy because it will conclude and 
You don't want to let it conclude without doing what you want it to do. So I already gave you a warning about this question, but what are some of your favorite books or some of your favorite writers? Who inspires you? Okay, so um, I'm going to give a really boring cliche answer, then I'll follow it up with some more contemporary ones. Um, when I was in college, I remember reading uh, 100 Years of Solitude, Gabriel Garcia Marquez. And I remember thinking people were like, this is crazy. This is so wild. And I'm like, my grandparents told stories like this, people rising up and towns being blown away and maybe a military coming in and doing something they weren't supposed to. I'm like, this all sounds really familiar. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, that's called magic realism. That's a thing. I didn't know that was a thing. I just thought maybe I'm come from a family of uh, mythological, like, you know, liars and storytellers. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but that, that was when I, it's still something I, I hold a lot, hold close to my heart today. As well as like the house of the spirits by Isabel Allende. I really, I read that actually for the first time about two years ago and it just really knocked my socks off in, in ways I couldn't think they could be. Um, but in terms of poetry lately, um, it's actually been a whole glut of great poetry right now. Um, I recently read Jessica Silgado's Hermosa and oh, there is not a wasted word in that entire collection. It completely floored me. Um, another one I'm enjoying a lot is Jose Hernandez Diaz. He wrote a book called The Fire Eater. Uh, I think it's about a chapbook length, but he does prose poetry, these beautiful scenes of like Los Angeles and like skateboarding and like sunsets. And I'm just really into that. Um, but maybe the thing that really broke the dam and got me writing poetry these last few years is there's this truly incredible collection called uh, Latinext. Um, by the Breakbeat Poets, Volume 4. And it's an entire collection of Latinidad and like the diaspora, like talking about what it means to be Latinx. And it includes every, everyone from the community. And it was truly astonishing, just the way that poetry, I always thought of poetry with a capital P, periods at the end of all your sentences (laughs) and maybe some light rhyming. But no, it can be like hip hop and bar stories, and that's what really set my world on fire. That is great. Now, I know um, in your Jack Straw application, you had this phrase that I loved, it turns our lives into lore. And I would like to know, what is the lore about Vincent that you would like to leave readers? You know, um, one of my favorite quotes um, about from, from Juno Diaz about 10 years ago at AWP he made this comment about, you know, the point of like artists and storytellers is not to answer the question, but to keep asking why. And I kind of see my writing as a big chain of that, like from my grandparents, my great grandparents, their origin story, the, the more I keep this up, the more that story extends and lasts, you know? I mean, I think about them illegally immigrating from Mexico and coming here and so little is written about their time. I just really don't want that to happen to me. Just so like maybe my niece or, you know, my, you know, my, (laughs) and her kids in the future can remember what this moment in time was like, or what our family was like throughout Mm -hmm. a span of as long as possible. Excellent. Uh, I have one last question, and this can be to your younger self or a person just starting out. Uh, What is the best writing advice you can give someone? You know, I think when I was studying creative writing in college, I spent so much time worrying about truth, like things that are accurate, precise, and true. But you know, the way things feel versus how they actually occur are really two different things. 
I would, I just want to yell at my like younger self and be like, don't be so afraid of this. Just how it feels to you is equally as important as it actually is. Now we'll hear a selection from Vincent's live reading. Take it nice and fast, my father says. I pull the El Camino out of the driveway. This is the first and last time I will ever do this. The tío who is bad with money will leave it outside his repair shop and it will never be seen again. But this isn't about the things we lost. It's about the things we had. My father is in the passenger seat, drinking a tall boy of Tecate. It is always cold and always half full. It will never run out. He hands me a sip. I like it more than I want to admit. I'm 10 years old, doing 20 on the back roads near the airport, too young to drink, too young to drive. My father tells me this is the day I become a man. This is something he decides. Go faster, he says. I fear I'll lose control. My father says I can't. He won't let me. The police take notice. They pursue the 10-year-old suspect, whitish, the adult, brownish shit, drinking in the passenger seat. I feel the cool air through the vents. I feel my skin stick to the vinyl. He turns on the radio and sings along. He is laughing, even though nothing is funny. The faster we go, the lighter we feel. I hear the crack of bullets over the sound of the Doobie Brothers' freight train running. They bounce off the windows and frame, not a scratch. These fools, my father says. We are invincible here. We will never die. Shit is getting serious, more blue, helicopters, the evening news, all talking about the El Camino that can't be stopped. Stay the course, Mio, my father says. You will know things others don't. You will be better. They will never take us alive. They never did. <laughs> now let's talk about the Tio who was bad with money. Shout out to all of my dad's shady friends. <laughs> the Tio who was bad with money doesn't know why everybody says he's bad with money. He shows me a stack of dirty bills and wads me a 20 through a greasy handshake. He says that's for being a man, but could I look a little less queer? See, the Tio who is bad with money says what's on his mind. He doesn't listen, he doesn't follow the rules, he's not open to your advice. He's going out the way he lived, muchacho, on a chopper without a helmet, because there's nothing to protect when you've got shit for brains. His words, not mine. <laughs> Yet the Tio who is bad with money lives in the suburbs with his wife where over Costco lasagna dinners he shows off his knives and says to never let your guard down because that's when they get you. But he can never tell me who they are. <laughs> we always forgive the Tio who is bad with money because he saw some shit in the Navy. We let him have his cheap thrills, his OnlyFans accounts, jack-in-the-box tacos, his thermos of Crown and Coke. We let him have his late nights at the truck stop watching the truckers and drifters sink into their fast food and fried cheese wondering where do they all come from? He officiated my wedding, he fixes flats. He smells like Coraleo and oak, but still has bad gas. To the ladies, he's Charlie Oso. Watch your ass, he knows Hapkido. Say yes if he asks you to drive him home. Give him a break, he's great with kids, really, any except for his own. I haven't seen him in years. He died a long time ago. He's still kicking it. He probably doesn't have long. He's a sit down and take a good look at himself and eat a goddamn vegetable. He really needs to not call me by my dead father's name, but I can let that last one go. This one's called Wanna Turns to Sugar. I think this is about diabetes, but I'll be frank with you, I don't know where I was going with this, but people seem to like it. <laughs> okay. 
Early in the 21st century, a disease spread all over the world. All hail the new emperor of maladies, we said. All hail the sweet death. It started at the toes as a fine powder, then turned to jagged crystals, working its way up the body. If we could amputate early, lucky you. If not, well... I suppose the bright side is that it didn't hurt, and you had time to say your goodbyes. Though you lost a bit of yourself when it rained, and the less we talk about the flies, the better. Don't believe me? Look it up. See how those images sit in your stomach. Let them churn and turn over. See those people struggling to breathe? See how you feel stupid? Juana came to my grandparents for help. She was young, a prima from the fatherland, half translucent from the waist down. The first person my abuelos, the famed curanderos, failed to save. We summoned the sun. It came. We spread rice and confetti around her bed. She slept. We burned dandelions and mint. The fire spread. We laughed at Satan and his smoke. He stepped out for a quick five. Honestly, I don't know where we went wrong. The morning of, we found her golden brown, shining like the dawn, smelling like home. A would-be forever fossil this moment. Abuela blessed a mallet. Abuela brought it down, cracking Juana into shards and pieces. She made her way into our coffees, our bread, for months. Whenever I eat something sweet, I say a little thanks and think of how she lives with us and the lies our loved ones tell. And I think about how the world is on fire and all we can think of is to eat each other. Right. This next one is called uh, Find Me a Pear Tree. This is actually based off an old Latin American folk tale about a woman who tricked death by basically chasing him up into a tree and then he couldn't come down. It's uh, better if you read it. That wasn't a very good explanation. <laughs> In his last lucid moment, my father tells me about his abuela, Consa Pichon. I asked when she died. He slams his insurer like a shot and says she's still alive. She should be about 140, but won't look a day over 25. He says I can find her high in a pear tree on a highway outside Laredo, eating overripe fruit, listening to Chente on repeat on a tinny radio, saying the names of all the animals forever trying to get a blackout on interstate bingo. I say, okay, dad, and ask if he wants to listen to a ball game. Okay, son. He lets me out of the secret of her immortality. Death had chased her until he keeled over. Pause for laughter. Tried everything. Whooping cough, infections of the blood, bandits, soldiers, scammers, first husbands, green skies, inauspicious winds, bulls that gore. But let's not forget his go-tos, hunger, loneliness, and thirst. Chased her up into that pear tree? Big mistake. Told her to come right down? Blew that asshole a raspberry. Turns out the Sandman can't climb. Got himself found out. Commercial break. When the Mariners score, you score. Two for one jumbo jacks. My dad says it's a pretty good deal. I agree it's a pretty good deal. <laughs> I say, sure, she stayed in the tree. He said, yes, she stayed in the tree. She raised a family up there, met another man, nursed his children, led filthy toast, strung up pinatas, kept a song and dance going until everyone else died out while the big man circled and paced like the dog he is at the trunk below. I hear cheers. We've got a tie game going. There's still a chance. The lesson here, my father says, the lesson here, the lesson, he jumps from his bed and grabs my face, pulls me close, heart in his head, mouth a black hole, and says, we've got to find that pear tree. That's how we stop this. Pull the car around. I remember these sounds. A cracked bat, smooth leather under a pop fly. Three up, three down, says the whiskey-laced announcer. A half-dead pocho's heavy breathing inward and outward, hoping his body has it in him for one last climb. We never did find that pear tree. He's been gone 14 years now. Still, I never stopped looking. And this last poem I'm going to read, it's called Dead Father Resurrects in an Azteca. And this is not meant to make fun of Azteca. Dirty Secret is, I think, a lot of 
I, I like Azteca. I think a lot of Mexicans do. Everybody likes it, right? You know? So don't take offense. I'm still open for a partnership if you're listening to someone from Azteca. <laughs> Let's get the party started. Come for the quesadillas, stay for the resurrection. Someone kicks off the jukebox like he's the Fonz. War, the Cisco kid, he's a friend of mine. The crowd is restless, the crowd keeps coming. They need this almost as much as I do. My father bursts the suicide doors of the kitchen. Slick is shortening, he swerves his hips like a brown Elvis lining up and shooting down the barflies. The pretty young things there to witness the greatest comeback in history. Whistles, applause, he always knew how to give the crowd what they want. God is good, but he's especially good to my father. When he returns, he's in his prime. Easy Rider mustache, members only jacket, pompadour glistening with brill cream, no trace of yellow in his eyes. He demands a feast, demands Christmas colored chips with a thick, immovable cheese, deep fried ice cream with the exploding straws, and definitely don't forget that thick, jiggly flan. After all, who gives a fuck about blood sugar in the great beyond? And under the watch of cross-bearing gawkers, lacquered parrots, and the worst Nertanio band on the planet come the questions. How is my sister? How is my mother? How are his brother and the twins? Do we have money? Do we have somebody? Do we ever get grandma out of that home? I hate to be the one to tell you, but the dead have the memory of a damn goldfish. He's here for a good time, not a long time. I tell him what he wants to hear. I learn from the best. We'll do this again next year. But let's not get away from the miracle at hand. Father and son having the drink they always said they would. We get the añejo, we crush some pull tabs, and we look over our shoulders only sometimes, waiting for someone bigger than you or me to take him home again. Thank you all. Sound Pages is a Jack Straw production, produced by Carlos Nieto and Daniel Gunther at Jack Straw Cultural Center. Our recording engineers are Daniel Gunther, Joel Maddox, and Aisha Ubiadelica. Our theme music is by Ron Park, produced through the Jack Straw Artist Support Program. The 2022 curator of this program is Michael Schmelzer, and the narrator for this podcast is Carlos Nieto. The Jack Straw Writers Program was inspired by an over-the-back fence conversation in 1996 between author Rebecca Brown and Jack Straw Executive Director Joan Rabinowitz. The program is made possible with support from the City of Seattle Office of Arts and Culture, For Culture, the Washington State Arts Commission, Humanities Washington, the National Endowment for the Arts, the Rainier Foundation, Arts Fund, and individual contributors. Special thanks to Maddie Lotz and Cassie Nicholson for transcribing our writers' interviews. All of the writers heard in this series are published in the Jack Straw Writers Anthology. You can subscribe to this and other Jack Straw podcasts through your favorite podcast app. To hear more episodes and learn about our other programs, visit us at jackstraw.org. Thank you for listening.